Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Every year since 1818, the Farmer's Almanac has come out. I mean, think about that. Almost 200 years, oh, over 200 years. There we go. There's the math. 200 years of predicting weather patterns, um, sharing natural remedies, um, telling you when the different full moons are going to be and when to plant, when to harvest, all these things the Farmer's Almanac has been doing. Now, and if you're like, I want to know that. I live in Texas and we never know what the weather is going to be like. Well, uh, good luck with that. But you can pick one up. I think I read somewhere in, in most of your Dollar General stores. Um, but the Farmer's Almanac has been has been kind of plodding along a 16-month cycle uh, of those things. And, and when you and I think about this new year, wouldn't it be awesome to have a calendar that would tell us everything that's going to happen? I mean, when to do this, when to risk, when to try something, when to hold back, um, what to expect, to, what, what to put on, what to wear. I mean, we had a cold snap here um, a week ago, and it was... I mean, I think we got down into the teens, and and that's pretty rare here in San Antonio, here in South Texas. But wouldn't it be awesome to know what the new year's going to be? And there were a lot of people partying last night. This was this was New Year's. Last night was New Year's Eve, and and all around the world in different time zones, people are trying to flip the page on the last year, maybe to remove themselves from all the bad things that happened, uh, maybe an expectation of a better year, uh, maybe there's something that they just mentally and psychologically needed to flip the page for, and maybe you're in that category, and you're thinking, this new day marks a new beginning, and and, and I want to share with you a passage in Exodus chapter 12. I believe it is the most important passage of the Old Testament. Now, you've got 66 books in the Bible, 66 books, and, and there are two main events. Now, I think they're, they're, I mean, all of these weave together, but you need to know as a believer two events that'll help you understand the rest of the Bible. And one of them is in Exodus chapter 12. The Bible says, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you must select must be one year old, a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. And they are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and on the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Uh, some of your translations will say without leaven, unleavened bread. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. 
The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over the fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. And on that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood of your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. Now, we'll look at this passage later on in the spring as, as, as Passover in the, um, in, in the, in the, the spiritual or the, or the Christian calendar and even the Jewish calendar occurs a lot later than it does right now in December. But I wanted you to see that the, the event was so dramatic that the Bible says, God speaking to Moses, he says, I want you to let the people know that this will become the first month of your calendar year, the, the first month of your months. Um, I read somewhere, and, and I can't remember exactly where I read it because I was, I was doing a lot of research on this one, and, and, and one, uh, one writer said uh, that uh, it had been suggested that this month be named, and, and I, there are different names for this month, uh, Nissan uh, was a name, and, and, and there's a little bit of debate of where the name came from, um, but it said the rest of the name should just have numbers. It was so important that that this would be the only month that would have a name. Now, the, all the other months did get names, but the idea behind this is the month. This is the start of your year. And if you see what's happening, well, you got to know the backstory, and that's why Exodus 12 is pretty important. The Israelites had been enslaved for over 400 years, some 440 years, and they had been begging God to free them. And God used Moses in some miraculous ways, and nine different plagues were poured out on the Egyptians. It was God's way of forcing them to release the, the, the Israelite slaves. And it took this last, it was going to take this last plague found here in Exodus chapter 12. It was going to take the plague that would destroy the firstborn son of every household and the first, firstborn male animal. So there would be destruction. There would be something so dramatic that would cover all of Egypt that Pharaoh and all of the families of Egypt would say, remove this people, though they have served to build our buildings and served to build our roads. They have been our slaves, our servants. Remove them from our land. They, they, have, they have destroyed us so utterly, or their God has destroyed us so utterly. It took this plague. But God was preparing his people for the event. He was preparing his people for this dramatic change. And he says, when this happens, you need to understand this is your new calendar. I'm afraid if we don't understand what the role that God plays in our lives and the past and what he wants to teach us, then flipping to 2023 will just be another day. I remember when I turned 50, I didn't really feel 50. I felt 50 at 45. 
I mean, I'm feeling some things right now. I'm feeling a little older. But that day didn't change anything. And you're probably aware of that today, that it's New Year's Day, 2023, and you don't really feel any different. Well, God said, if you want to feel different, you've got to remember the past. And one of the things that we see in this passage was their past and their calendar was so tied to this dramatic event. And it would parallel and foreshadow the death and the crucifixion of the spotless lamb Jesus in the New Testament. He said, remember this day throughout all generations. It was important for them to remember because it would eventually connect the whole of scripture and the whole heart and redemption process, redemptive process that God had for mankind. Now, there are a couple of things I'm going to point out, and I'm not going to have time to go into a teaching, and I'm probably, um, there, there are lots of other guys that could teach us a lot better. And I use a modern translation here, the New Living Translation. It says the doorposts. But if you go back to some of the older translations like the NASB, the King James, it'll use the word the doorpost and the lentil. Now, I'm not a construction guy. I don't understand a lot. But what I do think I understand about lentil is if you have a doorpost, let's, let's say you have a, a house made of brick or rock or stone, and, and, and you've got your four posts and your pillars and your house is being built up. Well, if you don't have an entryway into that house, you've just got a box. And yes, the cornerstones and the pillars on the side are the structural uh, positions that are holding it up. But you've got to get into the house. So you build a doorway. Well, you can't just build a doorway or everything will collapse because you've cut into the wall and the structure. So you need to put a lintel across. And so that lintel is a, forms a crossbar or a cross piece. And then your doorposts go down and they hold up the lintel. And then you can have your rocks and stones above it. And that holds up that side of the wall. If not, your, that side of the house is going to fall down. Then probably your roof, which is attached to it, will fall and cave in as well. The lintel is pretty important. And I find it interesting that before the Israelites were going to be released, he tells them to take a lamb, a spotless lamb, a year old, and... And then there was a specific procedural way of they needed to, to sacrifice this animal, use the blood, and spread it on the doorpost on each side and across the lintel. And as I saw that imagery, one of the things that jumped out at me was that crossbar that Jesus that was hung to him. When he went on the cross, his blood was applied to that lintel, to that crossbar. Now, that bar was, uh, he was strapped to that bar. Um, but the symbolism of the lintel and the doorposts, the blood being applied, when Jesus applied his blood to the cross, there was the, the symbolism in the Old Testament would be made real in the generations to come if they would remember. The problem was in the New Testament, the people had forgotten. Oh, they knew Passover, but not all of them made the connection. And the scripture says, New Year's, a flip of the calendar, it's nothing. God says, I want your new year to be so dramatic that you never forget what I've done for you. The blood was applied to the lentil. Imagine the strongest part of the house, uh, or at least that part of the house holding up the entrance. If, if not, you have no entrance into the house. You, know, have, have, you have no way to live in the house, I guess, unless you tunnel under the wall. But it has its own risks of cave-in. The lentil becomes 
the, li- the, the strong part that allows you to live in that house. For you and I to live this life that God has called us to live, we need to apply the blood of Jesus to the lentil. And that can only happen when you do what's next. The scripture says that they took the lamb. And it says they had to take care of this lamb four days. I guess if you count the, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, it's five days, sorry. Um, and then as a whole people, they would, they would sacrifice the lamb and apply the blood. The lamb had to be perfect. It had to be taken special care of. As opposed to going down to the market, buying a lamb and slaughtering it the same day. They had to take special care of the lamb. I don't know if you've ever been around a petting zoo or you have a farm and you've actually been around uh, sheep and goats and, and lambs are, they're pretty docile. I mean, they are, they are calm and, and, and you can actually get pretty fond of them. That's, I mean, look at what we do here in the United States. We've got, not only do we have petting zoos, but we have doggy hotels. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business treats for animals and veterinarians and hospitals for animals. People get attached to their animals. For five days, the people of Israel would be so attached to this special sacrifice, they would take care of it. They would make sure nothing happened to it to probably, to most likely include even bringing it in with them. Think about that. This became very important to them, and then they would sacrifice it. No doubtedly, the young kids would, would, would wail and cry and be so sad because they didn't understand the significance. But I found it interesting that God would say, take care of the animal for five days, and I'm sure there's deeper theological points here, but they were forming an attachment I don't know that we always have an attachment to the crucified Christ, the Lamb of God, the perfect and spotless sacrifice for you and for me. It's almost as if we go down to the market and we just, okay, it's, it, it, uh, that's our sacrifice. This new year, if you want 2023 to be important, the blood of Jesus must be applied to your house. And I'm talking spiritually. You must invite him in. You must say, God, you are the Lord of this house. If my house is going to be strong, it's you upholding it. And I, I will, me and my, as for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. But we also need to understand that there needs to be attachment to the sacrifice of Jesus. We can't just blow it off and think about it at Easter. I mean, when you went through the Christmas season, did you think about Jesus's death? Because he came to die. He came to be attached to you and I so that we could understand how great of a sacrifice it was. The Lamb of God, when when Jesus came to be baptized down the Jordan River, that was the first thing John the Baptist said about him. He says, here comes the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. Jesus wants to be the blood on the lentil of your house providing strength so you can live this life. He wants you to understand that it was a sacrifice for you. Grow attached to that sacrifice. Understand what that means. And then the last thing that I I saw here in this passage, and and there's a lot going on and, and, and I can't teach it all, but, and, and probably couldn't if I wanted to, um, but the bread, they were to eat unleavened bread and bitter, bitter greens. In other words, they were to eat something quickly 
And it says they're supposed to be dressed, ready to go with their walking stick and their sandals and even their, their, um, their cloak kind of tucked in, ready to go. The, the, for unleavened bread, there wasn't, there wasn't time for the yeast to go in and grow. It would be a term and a symbol Jesus would use later on and, and won't get into all the ways in which this, this word has been used throughout Scripture. But it represents that, that whole scene of the unleavened bread. The way in which they were to eat and get dressed and get ready was an urgency. There was not going to be uh, a time to prepare. Let's get my 10, uh, ten uh, suitcases ready. No. Get your walking stick, your sandals on, make your meal, eat it in haste. Because God's getting ready to deliver you. See, a lot of times when we think about what we left in 2022, we're like, oh man, that was terrible. I want to get away from that. But most of the time, we want to get away from problems or our, our failures. And even if I can use the word our sins, slowly, we want to ease ourselves out of a habit. We want to ease ourselves away from a bad situation or a bad relationship. God was going to free the Israelites in a most dramatic way, delivering them from this evil Pharaoh, this evil king of Egypt. And it wasn't just one king. It had been multiple kings that exploited this people. And their time had come. And, and he says, if you really want this, if you really want to change, this is going to be your new, this is going to mark your calendar for the rest of your lives. When I say go, you go. Churches, I'm thinking about this passage. I think Exodus 12 and, and the crucifixion story, you need to know this deep down. And, and I need to, to, we need to feast on this passage a little more because there's more to digest. But if I could just say one last thing and highlight one last thing is I believe God does want to do something dramatic in 2023 in your life and in mine. But you've got, you've got to be willing to go when he says go. Have a good year. God, we thank you for this day. We pray that we would remember your sacrifice and our attachment to you would be so deep and so overwhelming that we would go and serve you and do whatever you ask us to do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.